Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Umbody coming at you on this Monday. SMU is going into its bye week and coming off a 31-24 win over Navy, breaking the streak of winless uh, games for the Mustangs at Navy. Look, uh, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I predicted uh, the score exactly for SMU and uh, the game against Navy wasn't pretty. SMU gets down. They battle back. Brian Massey, key touchdown, uh, returned on the kickoff uh, to, to jumpstart that SMU comeback. Tanner Mordecai had two brutal turnovers that led to 14 points for Navy, uh, on top of one of them being in the red zone. So he took points off the board for SMU. But it doesn't matter. SMU got the win at Navy. And if you're the Mustangs, that's really, obviously, the goal is to do that and to get a win at that uh, location going into your bye week. 6-0, and bowl eligible, second time in three years at SMU 6-0. and And no matter what you thought of the game and how it played out, SMU did it without Ulysses Bentley, who only played a couple plays. Jalen Thomas clearly wasn't himself when he was in the game. Uh, they deployed a unique defensive scheme. Uh, kept a lot of guys that play a lot for SMU, like Richard Moore, Isaac Slade, Matutia, Bryce McMorris, Jahari Rogers, off the field for a lot of the game. They were able to get it done. And that is the biggest thing that you could have asked for after Louisiana Tech, TCU, USF. SMU goes on the road, their first long road game of the year, and breaks the run that Navy has had at home over SMU. It just, it all doesn't matter. SMU now 6-0 and and quite honestly I mean I'm not gonna spend too much time on the game just because it was one of those games where you know you look at Navy's schedule and their start to the year and what happened you you think okay SMU should have blown them out and you know again Tanner Mordecai's two turnovers they happen they're a part of the game but SMU is threatening they should have put up more offense uh, in terms of points they gave Navy seven points. You know, SMU made a play on special teams. Things happen. Uh, and SMU's defense in the second half especially really stepped up. And Navy used a flea flicker, too, uh, and, and targeted Isaiah Wokobia uh, in that to score one of their touchdowns. So not a traditional game by any means from both sides in terms of how they wanted to win. On top of that, Navy dropping eight. I think you're going to see SMU's offense face that a lot more. North Texas kind of stymied SMU a little bit with that game plan. SMU now gets the bye week to kind of focus on that, get healthy, figure out a way to be more productive as an offense against that drop eight. Because if I'm a defensive coordinator, that's the film I'm watching. You know, Abilene Christian blitzed the heck out of SMU. They took advantage of the big play and got burned for it. I think... The dropping eight is something you're going to see a ton of. Uh, you look at the schedule ahead. You know, Tulsa, they play that three-man front. You're going to see that from them. Uh, SMU now has Tulane in the Thursday night game on October 20th and then goes and plays Houston. 
that's another those two games right there, and then you get into really your November slate and how SMU uh, is going to be an AAC championship game contender is winning in November. They've got to take care of business against those two teams. They're going to be coming off a bye against Tulane, so you've got to be locked in and make sure you're not rusty. And then Houston has looked good uh, at times this year and is a good football team is what it seems like. They've got to take care of business there. Again, another tough game for SMU to win, but they've got the talent. If they're healthy, they should be able to take care of business against both teams. And then you're into that stretch um, where SMU has really prioritized keeping the guys fresh um, you know, not using Ulysses Bentley against Navy. He obviously traveled. He didn't look at him himself uh, going into that uh, game when he did play. Now he gets to rest up. And then you play your Memphis, UCF, Cincinnati, Tulsa in November. So this has now set the table for what SMU's wanted the whole time. 6-0 and going into the bye week, being able to get guys healthy, take a reset, Focus on the things that you need to do in terms of getting better and improving. And the plan right now is working. Can they sustain? They're now in the back end of this schedule. SMU finishing has not been something they've been traditionally able to do well under Sonny Dykes for whatever reason. Now this is a season that, again, we've talked about preseason. This is a season that they have to be able to take that next step. And they've gotten through these first six games 6-0. It's what you want. Maybe SMU looked ahead to the bye week just a little bit against Navy, even though they're tough. They hadn't won on the road. Doesn't matter. They're able to get the win. And if you're an SMU fan, you got to be excited, obviously, for that. Now you got Tulane, Houston. We'll take a look at those next week's uh, podcast, you know, as we get into those game weeks. But I want to take a moment and just kind of say, I mean, what SMU has done under Sonny Dykes, 23-5 and five, uh, since 2019 uh, in the regular season, is impressive. And when you look at this program and kind of where they're headed, this is what Sonny Dykes' plan has obviously been gearing towards, you know, owning the state of Texas. Um, they they wanted to recruit Dallas really well. Um, you know, SMU is, is the team to watch in Texas right now. You know, Baylor's playing well. Texas just lost to Oklahoma. TCU's off to a, a rough start. Um, Texas A&M obviously getting a ton of praise for beating Alabama this weekend. Um, can the Aggies sustain? They've got to show that because they haven't under Jimbo Fisher. But SMU right now is in a position to take the next step. And they've been really, really strong in the regular season, 23-5 and five since, Sunday, since 2019, like I said. And now you got to see them finish out and be that AAC championship uh, game uh, contender and make an appearance this year. And this is going to set the table for the next 10 years at SMU. You know, Sonny Dykes has put together this impressive resume. Things are trending up. They're attracting solid coaching uh, assistants. They got Chidiro Uzo de Ribe. Uh, they got Jim Levitt in the offseason. They're, they're stepping up and, and keeping certain coaches. It's a place that is built to win. And now the next step is, you know, I think, and we talked about this a little bit when Chad Morris, you know, led SMU to that to that win over Houston, you know, what seems like eons ago, and it's at the same place right now. If you're SMU, and this is a good time to talk about it because it's the bye week, you've got to go ahead and be proactive about Sonny Dykes. It's time to to quote unquote pony up and lock him in uh, because 
look, I mean, everybody knows this. You know, as long as Sonny Dykes is the coach here at SMU, this program is probably headed for long-term success. I mean, you're going to lose assistance eventually. You're going to lose, I would bet, Rashad Samples at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this offseason. They just took care of him this past offseason. Jim Levitt eventually, judging by the uh, post-USF career, is eventually going to move on. I'm not speculating on that. But if you can lock in Sonny Dyke, show the commitment level to him, which they have in spurts, you know, the indoor practice facility, the Armstrong Fieldhouse being built. Um, they have, you know, assembled a creative and recruiting staff that is Power 5 level. They've recruited very well. SMU has done everything right from the football side of things, that coaching staff, even when they've lost coaches like a Rhett Lashley, a Randall Joyner, um, you know, Kevin Kane, guys like that to Power 5 programs, SMU has done right in terms of what they've done next, what their next move was. And now on the flip side, this is a good time if you're Sonny Dykes to, quite honestly, push for it a little bit and get the ball rolling because he's going to be in demand. And I've said this before and I'll say it again, and I, I think there are a select few jobs he would leave for. But what makes it harder for him to leave and to leave what he's built so far at SMU would be a big level of commitment to him personally. And that's where I think it's time for SMU to do that. The bye week, it's like, I mean, you look at some of the player contracts in the NFL or whatever league you're watching or across college football here and there. If coaches are coaching at a high level, if players are playing at a high level, we've seen contracts be dished out midseason. I don't think it would be a bad thing for SMU to do that with Sonny Dykes. You know, it's, I watched, uh, and this is different league, professional, whatever, but John Cooper, the coach of the Lightning, everybody knows here I'm from Tampa, uh, go Bolts, they open the season back-to-back, Stanley Cup champions, not a big deal here coming up. They gave John Cooper, the coach there, an extension at the end of the 2019 season when, when the Lightning had the greatest regular season in NHL history, 62 wins. And they go out in the first round and they get swept. It happens. But they were proactive in doing that. They just signed him to another extension. Obviously, it paid off with his back-to-back Stanley Cup wins. Sonny Dykes doesn't have the conference championship yet, but it's very clear that this program is trending up. It is uh, a program that with Sonny Dykes at the helm will be this way for a long time. I'm sure there will be a lull at some point. You know, roster doesn't come together like they want. Um, you, you don't have the quarterback you thought you had, maybe. I, I don't know. Whatever happens. But for Sonny Dykes, SMU has to be proactive. And then that trickles down to the rest of the staff. It trickles down uh, to the coaches, uh, to the assistants, to Kaz Kazadi, knowing that he's going to be here for a long time. He's well compensated. I'm going to get well compensated as well. Because ultimately, it is a business, guys. And then we'll see, obviously, how SMU comes together on the football operations building, the stadium, doing those things that whenever the next round of realignment comes, that they're in the best position they can be. But you're not going to be in the best position you could be, in my opinion, unless you absolutely make a knock it out of the park higher without Sonny Dykes at the helm. And that's the biggest thing that has to happen before the end of the year. 
Um, and I mean before the end of 2021, not the end of the season. But this is a good time to do it. I think if I'm Sonny Dykes' agent, I'm having a conversation with SMU about trying to get something done now. And I know this is not really the, the storyline that a lot of you probably thought this podcast would take, but it's probably the thing that needs to happen for SMU. And we'll kind of close out the podcast with some, th- some thoughts on the team just overall. But SMU, strike while the iron's hot, get Sonny Dykes signed to an extension. He he's deserves it. He deserves to be compensated uh, for what he's done for this program. Uh, and it's just, again, they've checked a lot of boxes. They beat Memphis last year, broke that stretch, um, beat Navy on the road, beat TCU back-to-back times. Honestly, they let's be real. They would have beaten TCU in 2020 had they played them. This program is at a high trajectory right now. It's time to strike, get Sonny Dykes locked up. It would be a big help to recruiting too. Certainly can't hurt. And uh, when the coaching carousel comes that way, you don't have to worry about it. And then that whole staff under Sonny Dykes can go and feel better about Sonny Dykes being here. Sonny Dykes can go to them saying he's going to be here and go from there. So I did want to address that. The program's trajectory is at an all-time high uh, since the death penalty. And SMU needs to be proactive and go get Sonny Dykes signed to an extension ASAP. Now, on to the current 2021 Mustangs. Defensively, I think SMU's played, and you can look at rankings and all that stuff and, and, and kind of how teams have performed yardage-wise, but if you, I would love to see it broken out in the second half because Jim Levitt's done a terrific job shutting opposing teams down in the second half, and it's something that I'm going to try to do a little research on this week. But what SMU's done defensively is what SMU's needed uh, to win the conference. There are still areas that they can step up. You want to see them get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. You want to see them be more consistent in their tackling. I do think this stretch of games, Louisiana Tech on the road, tough team to just defend. TCU, tough team to defend at times. South Florida has athletes. Navy, we all know the issues that Navy presents offensively. SMU's answered the bell when they needed to. I think that's something to hang their hat on. Overall consistency and getting fresh for that back half of the season is going to be key. It kind of sets up well. You've got the bye week going into Tulane, and then you've got the extra days to get fresh and be prepared for Houston before you get into the final few games of the season, which are week by week. Offensively, SMU has to solve the issues they face against drop eight. The run game has to be more consistent. I mentioned earlier, getting Ulysses Bentley back uh, will help in that regard. I do believe that getting Jalen Thomas back healthy uh, will help in that regard. And then from there, Tanner Mordecai just needs to continue to cut down on the turnovers. He's got to continue to get quicker with the football. Um, And overall, I think as SMU solves, tries to solve this drop eight coverage thing that they're facing, we'll see maybe some some efficiency pick up. The big play is going to be taken away from SMU. But having Reggie Robertson in the the lineup obviously continues to pay dividends. SMU's undefeated in 2019, 2020, and 2021 with Reggie Robertson in the lineup. Now, he is somebody that defenses respect. That's why they're dropping eight. It loosens things up for guys like Danny Gregg, Jordan Curley, Rasheed Rice, Grant Calcaterra to make plays. But ultimately, finding that efficiency and consistency against the drop eight is probably the biggest thing that needs to happen over the next 10 days or however long it is until Tulane comes into Ford Stadium next Thursday at 630 because you know Willie Fritz and that crew will have things ready to go. So 
those are the two big keys for me watching SMU that they need to fix. Uh, we touched on some overall things in the program, but now it's time to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Check back. It's bye week. A lot of tidbits to share. We're going to kind of take a look at recruiting and, and see where things go from here. Uh, reset that for you guys as well. So be sure to subscribe to Pony Stampede uh, to get locked in uh, for the stretch run of the season. Last six games. How will SMU fare? We'll be tracking it the whole way. So leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow us wherever you catch your podcasts at. Uh, and share the Pony Stampede podcast. But for now, keep it locked on PonyStampede.com with all the latest on SMU as the bye week is fully underway. The freshman practice on Sunday, the vets had off, the team had off Monday and Tuesday, and uh, we'll be back at practice uh, getting after it and trying to get better uh, the rest of the week. So keep it locked on Pony Stampede. And also, quick reminder, basketball is picking up while media day this week as well, so be sure to tune, tune into the site for that. Appreciate you guys listening. Hope you guys had a great weekend and have a good rest of the week. We'll catch you later this week with the Pony Stampede podcast, reviewing Media Day for the SMU Mustangs on the hardwood. Catch you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.